Taking years to write a book is so last century. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill. I help aspiring authors move toward their dreams of career authordom by mastering their story, mastering their words, and mastering their marketing. If you're ready to put your head down and do the work necessary to eventually live off your fiction royalties, then tune in each week. I'll give you actionable tips and hacks, as well as inspiring interviews with writers who are already doing this. We are prolific authors. Hello, hello, prolific authors. I hope you are having a great week of writing. Um, today, I want to talk about taking fanatical responsibility for your writing. Okay, it is a mindset issue. Um, I'm going to talk about what it means, what it is, give you some examples, and how you can start doing this. And I think it's super important because I honestly think that this kind of mindset shift, this it's what some people call mental toughness in a way, um, it, it's probably the best thing you can do to ensure your own success for the entirety of your career. It's teaching yourself how to write, how to look at your writing, how to approach it, and how to make sure that even when you have slips and, and you know seasons where maybe you're not as productive as you would like to be, you can still sustain your writing and um, sustain your business as a fiction author, okay? Uh, before we jump into the training, remember to grab my, my freebies. If you haven't yet, I have an ultimate villainy checklist, which tells you all of the traits and functions of a good villain. And I also have my nine essential plot points for a page turning story, which gives you a template for things you need to include to help your book be a bestseller. Okay. I will put links to both of those in the show notes. If you don't have either one, they are completely free to you to help you in your writing. Also, I want to remind you that you can work with me. I coach people on how to master their story, how to master their writing, and how to master their marketing. So if you think I might be helpful to you in that, there is a link in the show notes that will take you to a place where you can book a free 15-minute clarity call with me just to see if maybe I could help you out. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this on so that you don't miss any future episodes. And finally, remember to join the Facebook group, the Prolific Author Community. You can just search for that or you can click the link in the show notes. Okay, so with all of that said, let's just hop into the training. Hi, prolific authors, me again. All authors know the best investment they can make in their writing career, other than doing the actual writing, of course, is to build their author email list. Like many of you, I started small, using the cheapest, most common provider I could find. But things have changed in recent years. The go-to email providers authors used to use simply aren't supporting us as well as they used to. That's why I use ConvertKit. Its functionality is off the charts amazing, deliverability is stellar, and in all the time I've used ConvertKit, I've never had problems with getting emails to my list exactly when I wanted to. ConvertKit allows you to put everything on autopilot so you can connect with your fans in the way you want to, but without sacrificing valuable writing time to do it. With a totally free plan to get you started and comparable pricing as your list increases, there's something for everyone. So invest in yourself now by going with an email provider that will grow with you. Visit bit.ly forward slash TPA email. TPA as in the prolific author. So once again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA email. Because we are prolific authors, and prolific authors have stellar email lists. Hi, everybody. How's it going? I hope everyone is having a great day today in the group. Um, I wanted to go live today and talk a little bit about something that I think um, most authors don't take into account, especially when they are getting started. I want to talk about taking fanatical responsibility for your writing. 
Now, what do I mean by that? This is the kind of thing that can be applied to any part of your life, and you should do this for every part of your life, in my opinion, but we're going to talk specifically about how it applies to us and our writing. So what does it mean to take fanatical responsibility for something? It basically means putting away victimhood. Don't, don't make yourself a victim when it comes to whether or not you can write. And I can speak about this with a lot of authority because it's something that I used to do all the time, okay? I used to be in this place where I would um, sort of make excuses for writing. You know, I wasn't really committed to it. I wasn't doing the work I needed to do to get the writing done, for sure. Um, but I would just, you know, complain a lot and be upset and stressed out a lot because I didn't have the time to write. Or that's what I would say. I didn't have the time to write, right? Um, and so it was about me saying, oh, well, you know, if, if I'm going to write, I need a few hours a day to sit down and write. And I don't have that because I have to work and I have so much to do and all this different stuff, right? When really it was kind of just me making excuses about it. Um, and the thing is that we all do that. You know, we can say, I have a family, I've got to take kids places, I've got to take care of kids, I've got to make dinner, I've got a day job, I've got other responsibilities in my community, different things like that. And we kind of, it's not that it's not true, we do have those responsibilities. We all have very, very busy lives, but we use those as an excuse to not get the things done that we ought to be prioritizing, okay? Such as our writing. So I'm not at all saying that, you know, any of that is not true or that everybody has all kinds of time to write. We all know that we don't. We have busy lives and we have to figure it out and make it work, right? But the point of taking fanatical responsibility for your writing is that you always need to make sure that when you don't get your writing done, it's about you. It's not about anybody else, okay? Um, let me give you an example of this. I follow a woman named Jill Stanton. Jill and Josh Stanton. They are entrepreneurs, so they're not, they're actually geared toward helping people build their businesses. They're not geared toward writers or authors in general. Um, but Jill kind of told this story that's kind of famous, you know, among her audience now about um, a woman who told her that she was having a hard time building her business because her husband was not supportive. And she said, my husband told me, he basically gave me an ultimatum and said, if, if this business hasn't taken off and isn't making money within X amount of time, I don't remember what it was, three months or six months, something like that, then you can't do it anymore. And what Jill says about that is she says, most people have a lot of sympathy for this woman and go, oh, this poor woman, it's so hard to, to build a business when you're, you know, your significant other is not being very supportive about that. And Jill says, no, screw that. You can't blame her husband for that. Yeah, he's not being supportive and there's nothing she can do about that. You can't certainly control all of the external factors or other people's um, reactions to you. But why is she agreeing to that? Why is she letting him treat her that way and, and decide that for her? Okay, so do you see what I mean? You need to take fanatical responsibility for your writing. If you didn't get your writing done, it needs to be because you didn't do it, not because there are external factors. Now, once again, I'm not telling you that external factors aren't a thing. We all know they are. I'm super busy. Everybody's super busy. But just make sure that you tell yourself you didn't get it done because you didn't prioritize it, because you didn't figure out how and when you were going to get it done. Okay, I've said this before, people who are in the indie space, especially, most of them do have jobs, most of them do have families, most of them do have other responsibilities. So it's not a matter of having eight hours a day that we can sit down and write, it just doesn't work that way. Okay, so the ones who are really um, succeeding at it are the ones who are finding what I like to call the cracks of life to write in. Okay, so they write after people go to bed, they get up early in the morning and write, they write where the kids are napping, they write on their lunch break. I mean, there's you can always figure it out if you make it a priority. Now, 
if you aren't making it a priority because it's just really not a priority to you, you know, you, you have other things you need to prioritize above that, that's totally fine. You know, no judgment there. You got to do what works for you, but just make sure that you're saying that, that you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm only getting X amount of writing done right now because I have other things that are more important and I'm just doing the writing where I can and this is all I can do right now. Not, I'm not getting my writing done because I've got to go do this instead, okay? It is only you, you and you alone who are responsible for how much writing you get done, okay? So that's what I mean. You need to take fanatical responsibility for it and make sure that you're owning it. Now, why? What difference does that make, right? Here's the thing, guys. When it comes to training ourselves, our brains, our bodies to do anything, the best, easiest way that we can do that is by keeping promises to ourselves, okay? So it's it's really not about time. It's truly not. Um, that, that could be one thing that affects it, but it's really just an excuse to say it's about time. It's really not about ability. If you don't have the ability, you can learn the ability, okay? If you don't know how to write 5,000 words an hour right now, it will take time, it will take practice, but you can get to the point where you can, but you have to put in the work, right? Okay, but what we, what we do is we tell ourselves we're gonna do something and then we don't do it and we get in a habit of breaking promises to ourselves, okay? This is a psychological thing. It's about training our brain to do what we say we're going to do. And it applies to anything. It can apply, obviously we're talking about writing, but it can apply to losing weight or exercising. It can apply to um, any task that we're trying to do. Even if it were like reading, I'm gonna read for an hour every day, but if every single day instead of reading, you go, play video games, then you are constantly breaking promises to yourself. And every time you do that, it becomes easier to do it again. So people, it sounds really simple and it is, but people do not understand the power of deciding you're going to do something and then following through with it, even if it's just a promise to yourself. So it would be better for you to not plan to write than to plan to write and not do it because that trains your brain to break your promises to yourself, okay? So that's why you need to take fanatical responsibility because then you're getting into a habit of knowing that it was your fault and that if you want to do better, you have to fix it. You have to figure it out. You're training yourself to think that way. And by thinking that way, you will eventually get to the point where you do it, okay? It might still take a little bit of time, might not happen overnight, but I want you guys to start doing this so that you are always taking fanatical responsibility for your writing. Even if it seems like something else is the reason you didn't write, there's still a way that it was probably you, okay, overall. So, so let me give you an example. Um, let's say that I'm trying to think positively, I'm trying to have a good day and just not let anything affect me negatively and then i'm driving somewhere and some other driver cuts me off and flips me off and 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 you know i could say well that wasn't my fault that i got upset about that i mean this guy was being a jerk that's true in the fact that he did that and that was not me doing that right so it was an outside source that i couldn't control but i can still control how i react to it i can still control whether it i let it make me angry and whether i respond to him in anger right it's the same thing with writing okay so even if you're you've planned to write and something gets in the way you know even if it's something you know huge like um you know a family member ends up in the hospital and you really can't write you have to go take care of this thing okay i'm not saying that that's not true or that you shouldn't go take care of that that's very important but you either have to say um, I chose not to write that day because I had something else going on. Or the other thing is that you could still write that day at a different time. Now, of course, depending on what happened, it's really going to depend on the situation. But if 
most of us don't have family members that end up in the hospital every day, right? It's little things that get in the way or it's us um, kind of using something as an excuse because we don't really feel like writing right now. But if something genuinely gets in the way, we can write later on that night, right? We can find somehow, some way that we can write. And it's hard. It's not easy. But if we really want to get it done, we can do it. So if we don't do it, at the very least, we need to say, I chose not to figure it out. I could have figured out another time I could write. I could have done it before bed. And for whatever reason, I chose not to do that. That's why my writing did not get done. Do not blame it on the thing that maybe um, took over what you were originally planning because that's not taking fanatical responsibility for your writing. And it's so important for you to do that if you want to be a lifelong author and create a sustainable fiction writing business, which is what we're all here to do, right? And I want to help you do that. The first step in terms of mindset coaching is to always take fanatical responsibility for your writing, for what does and doesn't get done and stop blaming outside influences, even if they factor in, okay, but it's not their fault. It's on you to figure out when and how you're going to get your writing done. Um, let's talk about a couple of other good examples of this that I kind of want to point you toward just for inspiration. Um, let's talk about Michael Jordan for a minute. So there is, um, a documentary on Netflix right now called The Last Dance that's about Michael Jordan that I, I, I did watch it and I did enjoy watching it. Um, I would recommend it. Not, not even necessarily for the basketball aspect. I mean, if you're a basketball fan, of course, you're going to enjoy that aspect of it. But understand, I'm, I'm not even a huge Michael Jordan fan. I, I'm in Utah and the Bulls beat the Jazz at the playoffs twice. <laughs> so if anything, I'm kind of predisposed to not like him. But I have to say, I have a lot of respect for him and what he does. The, the documentary talks about how there's really nothing about him that, about his, his talent and his abilities in basketball that was inborn. Like really, there wasn't. It was all about how hard he worked. It was all about him showing up and practicing and being super, super dedicated to his craft, which for him was basketball. For us, it's writing, right? Um, there's even a part where he talks about how, especially when he was young, you know, kind of the rookie or the greenie, um, he went into a room where, when he was on the road with the team and all of his teammates were in there partying. <laughs> we'll just call it partying and leave it at that. And he decided he didn't really want that for himself. He didn't want the legal ramifications of it. And he just, he'd come from a more conservative family and that just wasn't something he was interested in, especially at that age. So the point is, while the rest of these teammates, while they were great players in their own right, when they were out partying and kind of living the high life of famous basketball stars, he was in the gym. He was practicing his free, uh, free throws and his layups, okay? he was probably the greatest player in the world, especially at that time when he was still playing, not because he had talent, but because he was dedicated, because he showed up every single day and never gave up and never had a laid back um, attitude toward it. Okay. So that is why he was Michael Jordan, not because he was just born with basketball talent. In fact, at the beginning, it talks about how as a young man, I think it was in high school, he was cut from his basketball team. If he came out of the womb being Air Jordan, he would not have been cut from that team, right? He had to do the work and it was just about his dedication and his work. So I, I recommend that because we can learn a lot of um, a lot of great lessons from that and apply it to our writing. Uh, I also put a link to one of my favorite inspirational writing videos in, uh, in the post. You can find it, it's on YouTube. It's called um, Becoming Legendary. It was created for the LDS Story Makers Contest, or um, it wasn't a contest, the LDS Story Makers um, 
conference. There's the word I'm looking for. And it's from like 2010. So it's super old, but I love this video because it's very inspirational for authors. It does talk about some of the famous authors like JK Rowling and Stephen King and Stephanie Meyer. And in the center, there is a little clip of Michael Jordan kind of giving a pep talk. And he actually says this exact thing. Um, and of course, Michael Jordan isn't a writer once of all, but it can be applied to anything we're trying to accomplish, including our writing. So that's one of my favorite little snippets and the stuff that he says, he just hits it on the head and it's really great. So I would encourage you to go write, uh, watch that. Um, let's see, what else have I got? Um, finally, I just wanted to talk about, and this is, uh, I don't know, maybe this is a little bit tangential, but I actually don't think that talent as most people think about it exists. Um, I'm sure I'll get some pushback from that, but let me explain what I mean. People see someone who does something kind of naturally and they say, oh, wow, look at that talent. They were just born to do that. I actually disagree with that. I don't think that we are born with the talent to do anything. I think it is all learned. But the reason that some people seem to um, sort of possess this, this inborn talent, especially from a young age, it has to do with desire. What we are drawn to and what we desire to be good at, we pay attention to it. And it clicks in our brain because we are interested in that. So let me give you an example. I have a brother who is um, uh, close to 20 now, but when he was a kid, he was really good at drawing, at visual art. He, when he was like six years old, he could sit down and he knew how to shade, how to use light and shadow. And you know, for me, my stick figures are barely recognizable, right? So I just have so much um, respect for anybody who can draw, who can do visual art, but he could do it. And so, you know, of course people were saying, wow, that he's, he's like, five, six years old, of course he's got this inborn talent because how does a five-year-old know how to do that? I don't think that that was an inborn talent. He likes drawing, okay? He's interested in that. He, he's an artsy, creative kind of kid. So he really would watch drawing shows like Bob Ross and he brought home drawing books from his school library when he was little, okay? So I don't think that he was inborn with that ability. And, and you know, there's no way that I can prove this or there's no scientific research behind it that I know of, but I think it's a matter of because he liked that, because he had the desire to be good at it, he would watch these things and learn these things. And because he was drawn to it, naturally it clicked for him better. If I were watching what he watched and looking at reading and looking at what he was looking at and had a genuine desire to be good at that, it probably would have clicked for me the same way, but I'm not interested in learning visual arts. You know, my forte is in writing. And, and you could say the same thing about me. People always said I was a natural writer. Guess what? I wasn't. I still had to learn how to write just like everyone else. I still had to learn grammar. I still had to learn to edit for passive voice. But what I did have, I had because I love stories and because I always had my nose buried in a book growing up. I was always the bookworm. Okay. So because of my desire for that, it sort of created what people perceived as talent. But I'm telling you, it's not. It's just what we desire, what we go after, what we pay attention to. That's what will click in our brain and all skill comes from learning. Okay. I don't think there is anybody that is born an awesome writer. It is all learned. It is about putting in your 10,000 hours. It takes time. It takes work. So start taking fanatical responsibility for your writing. Know that it is all on you. If you want to be a good writer, you are in competition only with yourself. Okay. Once you start doing that, it will change your perspective. It will change the way you look at your writing and the way you approach your business. Okay. So that I think is what I wanted to say today. And I want to challenge you to 
start doing that. So maybe I should talk about just really quickly before I wrap up here, how you can start doing that, some, some actionable steps that you can take um, to start changing your mindset and taking that responsibility. I would encourage you, in fact, I'm gonna challenge you. Every single day, I want you to write down somewhere on your phone, on a piece of paper, on a sketch pad, somewhere that you'll see it and can keep it, what you're going to do that day in terms of your writing. So most days it's gonna be that you're going to write. You're going to write X amount of words, however long, or maybe for so long, I'm gonna write for an hour. Um, if you're not writing that day, maybe you can write down that you're editing or that you are plotting your next book or doing research, you know, whatever it is you're going to do. But most days, hopefully, it's going to be that you're writing. So I want you to write down, first of all, that you're going to do it. And then maybe when you're going to do it, if you can plan a certain type of day. And, and I know everybody's day changes from, everybody's schedule changes from day to day. So maybe on Monday, you can do it first thing in the morning, but on Tuesday, you can't do it to the afternoon. On Wednesday, it'll be before bed. That's fine. Just think about, make a 24 hour plan for your writing. What are you going to do in the next 24 hours? And when are you going to do it? I would even encourage you if you're a little unsure, like for example, if um, you're planning to write while the baby's down for a nap, but what if she is having a bad day and refuses to nap? Okay, come up with a couple of contingency plans for how you could write if things don't go according to plan, how you originally thought they would. And then I just want you to do it. It's as simple as that. Write down what you're going to do and then do it. Now, understand you should not write down something unrealistic. If you have never written 5,000 words in a session, you only write a few hundred, do not write down that you're gonna write 5,000 words, okay? You need to do some, you need to write down what you will realistically do and then do it. And that, you know, once you've done that, do that for 30 days, okay? Once you've done that, it will put you in a mindset of doing what you say you're going to do and it will train you to do that every single day. If you're writing every day, that's gonna train you to write every day. But it's also going to train your brain in general to do what you say you're going to do so that quitting or just going, nah, I can't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow, doesn't become your default, okay? You've got to train yourself out of that habit and I promise you are not the only one that does it. All of us do that, I do it all the time, okay? But you have to train yourself out of that default. So start doing that, just start with a 24 hour writing plan do what you say you're going to do and do that for several days and then you can start increasing it slowly you know so maybe start with i'm going to write 500 words a day at such and such a time and do that for a few weeks and then you can go up to okay i think i'm going to try and write more i'm going to try and write 750 words now and slowly increase like that but the most important thing is to do what you say you're going to do so i'm going to give you all a challenge to do that and um you know, post in the group how you're doing with it. Are you keeping your plan? Are you um, starting to train your brain to do things differently? Are you taking responsibility? Is that changing the way that you're looking at your writing and your business? Um, so yeah, and I would love to hear what your progress is on that. Um, but doing this, honestly, having this mind shift is probably going to be the single best thing you can do to help yourself be successful as a writer. Okay, so Everybody go home and do that. And um, do me a favor and comment on this post what your biggest takeaways are from this and um, maybe what you plan to do moving forward to start taking a, a responsibility for your writing and, and getting yourself um, into the habit of doing what you say you're going to do. All right, so good luck and um, just keep at it. You cannot fail as long as you don't quit. Just keep moving forward and have a great week of writing and I will see you later, bye. Hi, prolific authors, me again. Are you on Pinterest? You really should be. Pinterest is its own search engine and it has more than 2.5 billion active members, many of whom are on the platform weekly, if not daily. 
And guess what? A good chunk of those readers get on Pinterest to look for books, reviews, bookish communities, and all things fiction. Entrepreneur Stephanie Gass has created a training course that shows other entrepreneurs how to use Pinterest. Her tips can be adapted to any industry, including to us prolific authors. So if you want to learn how to use Pinterest to get extra visibility, be it for your books, your blog posts, or anything else you might create and want to find an audience for, this is for you. She'll even show you how to set it up so Pinterest works for you on autopilot and you only have to monitor it for a few minutes a week. So don't miss Stephanie Gass's Pinterest Masterclass. Go to bit.ly forward slash TPA Pinterest, TPA for the prolific author. So once again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA Pinterest. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author. <laughs>